Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. Today, I'm here with Dr. Keilani Dunsmore to learn more about the Literacy and Math Leader Network that we are preparing to launch this spring at the Charlevoix-Emmett ISD. Keilani, thank you for being here today and for the expertise that you're going to be sharing with leaders in our region. Oh, I'm excited to be here because, as you know, this is my ISD, so this is this is my home location. So we're really excited about this work and talking about it. Thank you for the opportunity, Michael, and, and we're really excited to launch the work this spring here. Yeah, so the network that we're talking about is being made possible through a partnership with uh, between the Michigan Association of Intermediate School Administrators and the Michigan Elementary and Middle School Principals Association. Can you tell us how this came about and the outcomes that you hope to see as a result of this work? Sure. So I'm going to uh, kind of share it both from a policy perspective as well as sort of actually informally how it got launched. Okay. Um, so when we think about it from a policy perspective, so this work is funded through the same uh, funding category that literacy coaches are. So we've got, you know, this work statewide that the legislature funds and it goes to MDE and it gets mm-hmm. distributed through um, each of the ISDs to support literacy coaching, really focused on K through three and improving those outcomes for third graders around the reading. But the early, we know the importance of this early literacy. So the state's been invested, I think it's about seven years, in really supporting. Um, early literacy and we've had the laws and we know some of them are changing but there's still this emphasis on making sure kids can read by grade three and we've had a significant amount of money the state has put into literacy coaching Um, but we also know that if we look at the data statewide we really aren't seeing the impact that we would hope to in fact we're actually not seeing um, improvements in student achievement so we can certainly talk about COVID um, but um, even if we look prior to that, we really aren't seeing the gains that we want to see in these these young children. We know how important that is. Um, so this work, uh, there was a, a conversation. I'd been doing this work in other states. Um, I was at the University of Chicago at the time, and I was flying back to my home on Beaver Island. Um, and through a plane conversation, this was uh, Memphis was having their conference here in northern Michigan. And Paul Liebenau, the executive director of Memphis, and I started a conversation about improving early literacy. And I started talking about this work around Literacy Leader Network um, and and the work we were trying to do. And one of the conversations, one of the things he said is, so how do we talk to legislators about the impact and the importance of literacy coaching? Um, And, you know, they're looking at student achievement. And I said, you know, literacy coaching is an essential but not sufficient condition to support the changes we need. We have excellent literacy coaches in our state. And I've met the ones at Sharon. We have excellent literacy coaches. And they have strong expertise in literacy. There's been a lot of investment we've done the state and helping them understand how to do coaching. Um, the state's put a lot of work in really identifying those research-based practices. We call those the literacy essentials. But what are the core things we need to change? But in order to really make changes, you really need to look at two things. You need to look at the organizational system. What's the capacity it has? How is it working in an organized way? What are the agreements we have in place? You know, do we have just one or two initiatives, not multiple initiatives? Um, so we really need to look at the kind of organizational capacity in the system, but we also need to look at the role of the building principal. And so what this work does is really think about the leadership team. Some districts are calling them the MyKIP teams now mm-hmm. in the building in the district, the work of the literacy coach, but really thinking about that distributive leadership team and then the work of the principal. Because investment in literacy coaching, it, it truly is essential 
but it is not at all sufficient to make the kind of system-wide changes we need. And that's what the work of the Literacy Leader Network okay. is, is really to provide in a reasonable, appropriate, and strategic approach to change um, and the kind of change that makes a difference. I always say, um, Michael, at these meetings, I this is my this kind of dates me, but 30, 32nd year in education. And um, one of the things I feel like at this point in my life is that I want to work with good people. I don't want to work with bugaboos. I want to work with people that actually want to make a change and are committed to working together in a collaborative way. Sure. And I want to make it, I want to make, um, you know, a change in ways that make an impact. We, we don't need more busy things. So this work is really about making sure that leadership teams are doing the right work in a way that builds ownership that is coherent, that integrates initiative, and is operationalized in a way that's reasonable for the context and the system, that's appropriate, but actually leads to the changes we want in student achievement and teacher practice. Well, it is exciting hearing you talk about that and, and what we're going to get out of this work. How many ISDs are engaged in this work with you this year? So when you had asked that question, I started um, making uh, notes and thinking through my head. So the work launched um, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, with uh, we were piloting it with districts and with schools. Um, but the intention really to, into scaling it this year, which this is the scaling year, mm -hmm. is to partner with ISDs because that's where the literacy coaches reside. That's where expertise right. around MyKIP and MTSS and continuous improvement. And so when we think about that, we've been working for a couple of years with Oakland Intermediate School mm -hmm. District. Um, we have um, Van Buren ISD and Tuscola ISD that have just launched. Um, in the spring, uh, Midland School District with Claire Gladwin ISD uh, launched um, this summer. Um, and then this spring, we'll have, um, we'll have three more ISDs coming on board. So we're kind of scaling in a very strategic sure. way. We're really excited. We've got a lot of other ISDs that have reached out, but we really want to do it in a way that allows us to really partner in ways that build internal capacity in the ISD to kind of lead and guide the work moving forward. So we have five meetings scheduled, uh, in addition to connecting individually with participating schools between those meetings. Can you give us an idea of what participants might expect uh, and perhaps what each meeting might look like? Sure. So each meeting is really designed to do three things. So we want that cross-site collaboration um, mm -hmm. where districts are learning from and with each other. Sometimes that is means highlighting specific districts and then helping them unpack using a protocol to helping them unpack um, what are the systems and structures that work so others can learn from them. Um, sometimes it is everyone coming with something to share and using a kind of a consultancy protocol mm -hmm. um, so that they can improve their work and really think about a problem of practice. But there's always a time for cross-site collaboration. Um, and then there's always a teaching piece. So looking really at some of the research around maybe it's the role of the building principal and what the partnership and effective partnership between um, a building leadership team, a literacy coach, and the building principal is. Sometimes yeah. it's looking at what are the steps to really build teacher ownership. Sometimes it's looking at how do you really support deprivatizing practice and learning labs and peer observation. But there's always a kind of a teaching piece or how to have difficult sure. conversations. Um, but then there is always time built in to actually do some of the work. So the work is because we've got, like you said, four to five sessions. It's really designed to give you eight to 12 weeks of an inquiry cycle. So with my KIP, we think of a year long change. Mm -hmm. And that's been my experience 
because we put a continuous improvement plan for a year. But this is really designed to identify one area of improvement and really integrate the initiatives, get very clear on your look-fors, how you're going to deprivatize practice, and over 8 to 12 weeks making changes. And so in the session itself, they'll work on the draft of their implementation plan with the folks that are there, with the expertise, the ISD, and we provide. Um, so it's really about work time, share time, and some teaching time. That's great. So what are some specific topics that you plan to cover um, at those meetings through this work? So the first one, when we really talk about organizational capacity, that's really looking at what are the system conditions that need to be in place. So we're going to look at, you know, really thinking about having a clear literacy framework that is operational. Um, I have some districts will say, oh, we have one, and they give me this 54-page document that, you know, it took them two years to create, but nobody reads. Um, or it's so high level, all children will read on grade level. Like, nobody could disagree with that, but that's not really operationalizing something. Mm -hmm. So you want a clear literacy framework. Okay. Um, and, and really talking about like, what does that mean? You know, what are the characteristics of putting an implementation together? How do we build teacher ownership and buy-in um, and really thinking about giving opportunities for feedback, but, but we're really moving forward as a system. And then really thinking about what needs to be loose and what needs to be tight. Like where do we allow teachers to make decisions? But where does it need to be made by the leadership team um, and so th those are kind of in the first session. And then we talk about shared agreement moving forward. It's really focusing a lot on that, really thinking about how do we um, create shared agreements that um, all the staff hold to. Um, this isn't you go in your room and shut the door and do your own thing. We certainly want feedback. We want input. And again, it's really thinking about we really start looking at those um, peer observations, those learning labs, strategic use of PLC or grade level team meetings, creating clear look fors so that we're all on the same page. So the building principal, the literacy coach, the leadership team and the teachers all have clarity about what we're doing. And then we talk about, you know, a session will be on accountability and ownership, really thinking about that progress monitoring data and when the, and how that principal steps in to hold accountability in a way that's different from the role of the coach to provide support. So those are some of the, the kind of the, both the topics, the sure. teaching pieces, but also, okay, now we got to build these into our plan and let's problem solve them. Okay. That's a lot. Does to that look, give you some insight? Into yeah, it's a lot to look forward to. Um, is there anything else you would add uh, to what that would underscore the importance of this work? So I think um, I think what I want to say is um, this work is really meant to be about impact mm -hmm. in a way that's reasonable. So one of the things that I you heard me say earlier, reasonable, appropriate, and strategic, and that's really become kind of my tagline. You know, I've never, as I said, I've been in education for 32 years, and I don't think I've ever seen so many children in trauma and so many teachers and educators in stress than I have this past sure. year. Um, we've got, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of, of kids and families and structures um, and that make, you know, coming to school difficult um, and teaching coherent and teachers are feeling stressed and there's these increased expectations and accountability, but often we don't provide the support for that. So when we think about what's reasonable, we have to look at what's in place in the system. And there is both an art and a science about putting together and operationalizing an implementation plan that really leads to change. Um, and so we really want to look at what's appropriate then given the materials okay. you selected, the kids, your priorities, your structure, but then also what will lead you places is strategic um, because this isn't about waiting six months to see an 
impact. This really is in the next eight to 12 weeks, what's one thing we can put in place and it's gonna address issues of culture, it's gonna address issues around system, it's gonna address issues of teaching practice and collaboration structures. And so this really is designed to be put in place in a way that's, that stretches us but not stresses us. That really makes as um, that really makes an impact, and we change together teaching and learning. And I, I think what I would I'll give you sort of an example as we think about, um, you know, what I want is when I think about working with young children. Um, as as you know, I was in Beaver Island Schools just a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and I think about my little guys and their faces, and and what I want them to experience is joy, but I also want them to learn to read. And so often we tend to think that those are in conflict, but they're not. So we can do rigorous, robust, effective work and do it in a way that is engaging both to teachers and students. Um, and I worked with a, a principal last year in a school and you know we really worked on putting small group instruction in place and that was stressful for some teachers. Um, we know that small group instruction, if there's any one thing that's going to really reduce um, the achievement gap, it's putting those differentiated small group instructions so that we're targeting kids' needs. Um, so there was times when I think of a particular teacher that we had to step in and we said, okay, and she's like, I've never done this. I don't want to do this. This doesn't seem effective. Um, but we made sure that she had the literacy centers in place. We provided opportunities for release time for her to observe, for her to meet with a coach and plan. The coach actually pushed in and did some, but then there was a time the principal had to say, by October 3rd, you have to have one group in place. Um, and we provided heavily scaffolding. And by December, she had all her groups going and was really excited about the change in student achievement. And by June, you would have thought she invented small group instructions. So there was resistance. And I'm not sure. going to say because what we know is resistance and stress change is hard. So we have to talk about the change process. But that school um, made the most improvement in student achievement um, um, of any of any school in the district since 2018. I mean, since before COVID. So they, they outperformed all the other schools in the region in the ISD um, then, but since 2018. And I, I would say that's because they had that appropriate balance between ownership and accountability. Mm -hmm. This is the direction we're going to go. I know this is hard, but we will support you. We will scaffold this. We will support you. And so providing that clear vision in the system and clarity about roles for principal, leadership team, coach, um, and, and the support and the opportunity for teachers to give feedback and we're in this together, um, but we're moving forward. And that's what we want. Um, so it, it can stress people to make changes. That's why we kind of talk about, there's that whole body of research around the neuropsychology of change. But we want to do this in a way that people own it. They have an opportunity for feedback. Teachers' voices are heard. And we designed this so there's impact. Because I, I have, can tell you, I have not met a teacher who doesn't want to go into school and do good work for kids. Um, that's why we're there. And right. we want to make sure the work is the right work, it's strategic work, and it's impactful. And that's, that's really what this is about. That was a great story that you told and uh, inspiring. And it uh, really makes me think about the, as we talk about this work, that how systemic it is, the focus on leadership and the important role of the principal, uh, and then the, the support that, that we're going to provide from the ISD um, to do that work. So it's, it's going to be exciting work, I think. And we're really glad that you're part of this process. I want to, I appreciate having this conversation. Um, and I want to remind anyone who's watching this video or listening to this podcast that it's not too late to register for 
uh, to be a part of this network by going to our SHARM's uh, professional learning page and scrolling to May. Uh, we, you'll see that listed. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Kehlani? No, I'm just really excited about this because we really have seen impact um, and it really is, this is sort of a point in my career, I'd say this really is the right work. We've got the support um, from MESA and MEMSPA and the legislature mm -hmm. um, and then partnering with um, you. I mean, I've been really impressed with um, SHAR-M as an ISD and your coaches and your team. So um, I'm really excited about this work and looking forward to seeing everyone in just a few months. Great. Well, I appreciate the partnership that you've made possible. And like the rest of my team, I'm excited to start this work. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.